Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and wherever you're going. Welcome back again to another episode of the Dirks and Denver podcast. I'm Dirks. I'm here with my best friend Denver again. And before we get into anything tonight, I got to know, how are you tonight, buddy? Oh, dude, I'm fantastic. Got off a nice work shift. Came here, wanted to sit down, talk some sports. It's fantastic. It was a busy week for sports in general for us. So we're here tonight, special Thursday night. Here we go. I'm excited. Are you excited? I am very excited. As he said, it is Thursday, February 18th. We're recording this at about 7.30 p.m. Central Time. So that's why the timely news of the day is Carson Wentz is no longer a Philadelphia Eagle. We got the news late morning, I believe. Maybe it was early afternoon. Can't quite remember. He was traded for two picks, a second-round pick that's conditional and a third-round pick. And he was traded to the Indianapolis Colts. We called this. Whether yeah, we, we did. We, we, we kind of called it. We may have wished it into, into existence. doesn't matter. We, we kind of made this happen in a way. You're welcome, Carson. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'll, start, I'll go ahead and start. I think this is a good move for him, whether it works out or not, right? This is kind of a, a fresh start for both parties. The Eagles get to try out Jalen Hurts for a full season next year. The Colts needed to replace Phil Rivers anyway, and they didn't have to spend a lot to get a possible replacement. You know, they're hoping, obviously, that that Carson gets back to his previous form that he was in, you know, a couple of years back. But even if he doesn't, they're not really out anything. I agree with you. I think this is overall a good trade. I, I guess Carson gets his wish, you know, out of Philly. But And he's with Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator, the one here that we talked about. He did really good. So this is a good move. It's like a test run, right? It's uh, let's see how it goes for a year. And then if it doesn't work out so well, then bye-bye Carson. But overall, it's a good trade. I'm surprised the Eagles didn't ask for more. That's kind of my, my biggest thing out of it. So just a couple picks, not even like, I, you know, I think the biggest thing is they're just happy that someone was able to, uh, or not even able willing to take the big salary off their hands a little bit. You know, um, I'm not even sure how that math works out that Carson Wentz and all the money he's due equates to a second and a possible third round pick, but or a third pick, a third round pick, and a possible second round pick. But I, I'm not an expert in the uh, the inner workings of the NFL trades. But yeah, this seems like a good spot for two teams to meet in the middle. Maybe you know if if Carson Wentz goes and does big things in in Indianapolis, then maybe the Eagles got fleeced a little bit. But for what we know right now, the season the season Carson just had, and the the needs that the Colts have, I think this is a good fit. Yeah, overall, win-win like we've both said. I think I think there's a little bit of hesitation on Colts fans. Uh, one of my neighbors is actually a diehard Colts, fans, Colts fan, and he actually has some reservations about it. But he's happy that they were able to get a decent quarterback at little to no cost in his eyes. But we'll find out. Right. At the end of the day, it's like... You have Carson Wentz now if you're the if you're the Colts. 
you have, I'm pretty sure they still have Jacoby Brissett. So they have kind of a fallback option, but they already had Jacoby Brissett for most of a season, if I recall, two years ago, right? And they saw what he could do. So obviously they were looking for somewhat of an upgrade. And I mean, Carson Wentz has proven that he can be a competent NFL quarterback. It's now just on him to get back to that place. And, and we didn't even say it yet. I don't think the fact that he's reunited with, with Frank Reich there in Indianapolis is, is probably big for him because those were his most productive years in Philly when Frank Reich was the OC or the quarterback's coach. I can't remember which one. While, while we're talking about Carson Wentz, I want you to pull up that nice little graph that you're telling me about. That's very interesting to both oh, of us. Yes. Right here. Uh, this is from the CBS Sports Instagram. No first-round quarterbacks that were picked between 2009 and 2016 are still with their team, and that is 22 different guys. That's just that's, that's just insane. That's a weird <laughs> list. Yeah, that's obviously you have some. You look at it. And... Go ahead. Oh, it's just a weird list. Like you look at it, and it's like you have some okay quarterbacks, but you have some you got butt fumble in there. You got <laughs> Freeman. I, I and I forgot about Matt Ponder. Is that his name? Yes. Is that his first name? Uh, oh, I no, forgot about him. I don't remember. <laughs> Christian. Oh, it's great. Christian, See? right? Christian Ponder. Oh, yes. Christian Ponder. Played for Stanford, I believe, right? Florida State? No. no. Florida State? Maybe? I don't Somewhere. know. <laughs> Somewhere. That is true. My, we have two completely different guesses. That's, not, that's kind of the point, right? What I saw looking at this, which is just kind of crazy, right, is there was so many just blatant misses in the first round doing during these years. Okay. Starting, starting all the way back, you know, um, Josh Freeman, that was a pretty good pick. He had some, some okay years in Tampa Bay. It just, his career didn't kind of pan out very far. So like, this was like a halfway. Okay. Pick. I mean, Mark Sanchez also halfway. Okay. You know, did all right in New York there for a couple of years. We, we already know how we feel about Matt Stafford and Jared Goff up here. Uh, if you missed our, episode where we discussed these two getting traded for one another a couple of weeks back you can go ahead and find that on our youtube and right here we'll mention it the first time we're on spotify now baby uh that's a big upgrade for us we're excited so all of our previous episodes can be found on both of those locations and uh yeah first little shameless plug all right back to it tim tebow that was a miss. He had one one magical run, and that was about it. Bradford, he probably falls into the same category as Sanchez and Freeman. Ponder was a miss. Gabbert was a miss. Jake Locker was a miss. Cam Newton was good. Brandon Whedon was a pretty big miss. Tannehill's been good. RG3, the injuries kind of got him. That's unfortunate. Same with Andrew Luck, but when he was on, he was, you know, very, very good. EJ Manuel. I totally forgot EJ Manuel. <laughs> got drafted in the first yeah. round uh that's when i saw his name wild. i was like oh wow <laughs> i forgot he even played in the nfl yeah it's just wild uh bridgewater obviously still right there on the the border of top quality backup or starter so that's a pass johnny football that was kind of a hmm, <laughs> type of Arena pick. football baby you know 
Blake Bortles, Mariota, mixed feelings on Mariota, but we'll give him a pass. Jabu, Jabu wins. Uh, just, you know, the crab leg is eventually caught up to him. Unfortunate. Paxton Lynch, a first round quarterback, big wild. <laughs> and uh, then obviously these, these last two that just changed teams here very recently, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. It's just wild. 22 quarterbacks drafted and zero of them are with their same team. And, you know, a great number of these guys aren't even in the league anymore. It's just wild how much can happen in a short period of time, relatively short period of time. All righty, we're resetting. We're moving on to bigger and better subjects here, folks. <laughs> we got NBA news up the wazoo tonight. Denver's excited. Oh, yes. Big NBA boy. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm ramping up. We'll say I'm getting into that zone where, you know, I, I could watch some NBA maybe. Some good shit, pal. The All Star lineups were announced. Is it tonight? Like just yeah, before just recording, literally like about two hours ago. Yeah, bet. And you'll have to inform me. Were these? I saw that KD and LeBron are the captains. What were these picked? Um, no, these are. I, I, I see now. They, conferences, not. Uh, it's not the previous like draft style. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. Well, would you rather start with this type of thing or? Why there should be an all-star game at all, or or why not? Which, which would you rather start with? Look, I think it's a money thing for the NBA. That's why they're having it. Simple answer. But let's go. Let's talk about the actual players first. All right, bet we're because, throwing it on the screen right now. Because Luca should not be in there. Oh and, wow! And, oh, Denver's and, coming out here with the flames. And, and if you go, I didn't put it in here because I didn't really care enough to put it in there. But if you go on Twitter, anyone who's watching this, listening, go to Twitter, look up uh, Ernie Johnson's explanation of why Luka Doncic is starting over Damian Lillard. And it's just because the fans, like, come on. Luka's had a terrible season. Terrible season compared to Damian Lillard. Dame should be in there. Even Donovan Mitchell should be in there over Luca. But like that's a, that's a star-studded team. Jokic is in there. Love him. He's he's one of my favorites to watch. Yes, I'm for our so audio only see... audience. The starting five in the West is LeBron as the captain, and you have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. And on the East side, Kevin Durant was the captain with Giannis, Brad Beal, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie. Go ahead, Denver. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. No, no, you're good. I'm really happy to see Steph Curry back into back in the all-star form. That makes me really happy. I know they're not having the best season, but to see him come out ball like he can still play is insane. You know, that makes my heart happy. LeBron's having an MVP year. You know, so the West, this is going to be a good all-star game. And if people don't know or haven't watched the all-star game, uh, it's like a normal game up until like the last quarter. And then the final, the the quarter ends when the first team scores 24 points in honor of the late Kobe Bryant. 
So that's a, that was really interesting last year to see it. And I'm happy they brought it back again this year. But Dirks, what do you think of this team? Yeah, um, like what you were saying, while we're on the note of Steph Curry and MVP years type thing, did you see the tweet from a couple of days ago that was like Steph's averaging 30 points a game, you know, whatever he's averaging from behind the arc, it's like forty high 40 percents. I think uh, like his effective field goal percentage is damn near 70 and it's, he's like averaging almost identical numbers to his unanimous MVP season. That's just, it makes my heart happy because I, a firm believer that the NBA is a lot better when stars like Steph Curry, especially likable stars like Steph Curry are healthy and doing their thing. You know, that's why I think um, it suffered last year when he wasn't in, it's going to suffer a little it's suffering you know a little bit this year you know we got like clay thompson and a couple of guys that we'll get to a little later are, are playing for not playing for other reasons but uh yeah i'm excited to uh to watch a little all-star basketball i think i think we'll get into <laughs> that in a minute <laughs> what about the east do you have any uh any thoughts on the east I am so, so freaking happy Bradley Beals in this. Like, Bradley Beal deserves everything he gets us. He he is literally like, I'm staying in Washington, even though he might get traded before the deadline. But I'm staying here. I want to stay here. I want to play. Or that's the way he at least makes it, like, perceives it out to be. But it's, it's good to see him here. Giannis, obviously, KD, obviously, Joel, Embiid, that's, he's playing lights out this season too. It's going to be a good competitive game, I really believe. And while we're, you know, we would be remiss, I think, we talked about how it's good for Steph Curry to be back and doing his thing. K K freaking D is out here doing big shit too, dude. And, uh, you know, it's obviously long road back from, from where he was with that Achilles injury in the in the playoffs a couple of years back. Uh, I'm just, it, this, this league has taken it up a notch again this year with, with KD and Steph returning. I'm sure there's, there's other people that I'm, you know, glossing over a little bit, but those two are obviously the headliners. Very true. Without, we're not trying to make this political in any way. Let me just preface what we're going to talk about here with that. But, we would also not be doing this game. It's due diligence. If we didn't talk about the kind of controversy surrounding this, why is there really going to be an all-star game at all? You know, the NFL's pro bowl, which would have only been about four weeks ago, I think four weeks, something like that. You can check yeah, my roughly. math later. That was uh, canceled due to COVID-19 concerns. It's probably kind of hard for some people to see the difference between the two situations. Plus, you're going to have – it's not just the all-star game. You're also bringing in more people to compete in the, the skills challenge. The three-point contests were announced. I think they're happening before the game. And the dunk contest is happening at halftime of this game. It's just very interesting if uh, – again, without getting to the political side of, you know, should they, shouldn't they – whether the the NBA, you know, what what statement they're kind of making here compared to some of the other leagues that, you know, I think the, and, you know, I know it was a little different a few months ago, but the, the MLB didn't have a all-star game this last year either, I don't think. 
I think they're the only one going through with it. Uh, so, you know, I said earlier it's a money thing, and I still believe it's a money thing. But I also think the NBA has continuously strided forward through this pandemic <clears throat> without getting too political about things. They've continued to, like, the bubble was revolutionary. It really helped that out, that concept. And then, you know, I just read a tweet today saying that out of the 200 300 players that are in the league, only five positive COVID tests, which is great, you know. You know, unfortunately, five players have COVID, mm. but that's that's really good. They're, the testing is really well. I think it's them saying, look, whether you agree right now, you might not, but this is a return to maybe normalcy that they've continued to strive for being that league. I said this last year, uh, long before this uh, podcast started, but the NBA is trying its hardest to let people know that things are going to be okay. And bringing a couple dozen players to, uh, where is it this year? I don't even know. I want to say, and to put, I read it was in Atlanta. Does that sound right? That could be correct. Yeah. To Atlanta or whatever, wherever to play the game, to show people, Hey, it's going to be okay. We're here to have fun. We're here to have enjoyment. You know, that's maybe what they're striving for a little bit more, I think. I think it's less political. I don't want to tick anyone off. But, Absolutely. you know, having no, the all-star game. I think that's a good point that you make about uh, it's more of a statement that, hey, like, even even in this kind of weird, uncertain time, you know, thing, things can still move forward. You know, it, it's not the absolute end of the world. We're still doing things. We're being safe. Yet we're still we're still kind of having fun. I like the way you uh, I like the way you uh, framed that. You. Yeah. Alrighty. Any more thoughts, or should we move on? We can move on. It was great talking All Star, but there's more NBA action to get to. Absolutely. Much more NBA action. Here we go. We're throwing it up on the screen right now for our visual audience. What the heck is going on in the NBA right now? Uh, For those players who've... want out and oh, players want out and teams aren't letting them. And now we're in these situations like this. Go on with what you're explaining. I'm sorry to cut you off. So for anyone who may have been living under a rock or just doesn't follow the NBA, either way, it's fine. I don't judge. Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin and possibly others. Denver might have more knowledge on this than me, but those are the two biggest names that I've heard are now in situations for one reason or another where they will not be playing for their respective teams. Drummond in Cleveland and Blake in Detroit because their organizations don't want to play them more or less. They want to, I'm going to say, protect them from getting hurt. That's about the best spin you can put on it, in my opinion. But I'll let you take it a, a little way from here and take the lead on this. Okay. All right, so Andre Drummond had, was traded from Detroit to Cleveland last season. 
the the thing about Andre Drummond is he has a massive contract and they're trying to unload that contract because that contract's a hindrance. For our visual people, they can see the tweet on the screen act on the game, which is actually insane and incredibly true. We we did a statistic video on the NBA, and Andre Drummond was number two in uh, twenty twenty games. Um, yes, in the Dwight Howard. So, like, but nobody talks about it because it's so ineffective. So, Cleveland had also traded, in, in the big James Harden trade, they got Jared Jack, Jared Allen, Jared Allen. They, let's let's to move forward with him. <laughs> yeah, Jared Allen. <laughs> I don't know why I said Jared Jack. All good. All good. Um Jared Allen. So, this is this is one of those things where it's they need to dump the contract. They don't want him to get hurt. You know, maybe someone will pick it up. I read a tweet earlier today too that said that Eight to ten teams have already inquired about Andre Drummond. So that's a bigger market than I thought he would have. So that's kind of where the Andre Drummond situation is, from my belief. Yeah. It's I don't know how much to read into this because as you can see our visual audience, there's a, a unnamed NBA scout who has a quote on Andre Drummond that says he can get you a 30-20 game. And that would have no impact on the game. Now, those are pretty gaudy stats to kind of say, hey, like this guy's impact on the game is meaningless. It, It's weird, right? Obviously, the center is kind of a, a dying position or at least a, a fringe position in today's NBA. And Andre Drummond isn't particularly adept at doing any of the things that other big men like, you know, Jokic comes to mind. You know, he, he can stretch the floor, anything like that. Drummond is a traditional big man. And there's nothing wrong with that because he's very, very good at what he does. There is almost no one who would deny that part of it. It's just that he does, like, finding a place for him in today's NBA is tough. And that's why you've now seen him ping around from... Detroit where he spent several years to Cleveland and now Cleveland wants to get rid of him. Now the the other side of this coin, right? Is he was in Detroit when Detroit kind of sucked and he was in Cleveland this last, you know, year plus whatever. And Cleveland is sucked. So can you really put the fact that he doesn't quote unquote have an impact on the game on completely on him. I think that's a little unfair to be honest, but it's a very specific role he has to fulfill. So you really need a team that, you know, needs somebody to fit that role. And to be completely honest, the reason that I've heard that they're getting rid of him more than anything else is obviously because Jared Allen is that kind of heir apparent to the, the true starting center position for Cleveland. And he does, most of the things that Andre Drummond can do well, you know, at least on a, a passable level. Plus then he has his own, 
you know, kind of elite skill set. He's a very good shot blocker more so than Drummond. Um, and can stretch the floor and is just more athletic a little bit um, in that way. He's not obviously a shooter, but you, you know what I'm saying. He can at least kind of beat more people off the dribble uh, than somebody like Drummond might be able to. And so that's why, I don't know, I'd kind of feel bad in a way because, again, Drummond is probably one of, well, not even probably, you know, he's probably, what, top 200 minimum basketball players on earth. And yet somehow <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he finds himself in this position. And that's, a, that's a little bit rough. I want to, I want to make one point before we move on about Andre Drummond. He needs to go to a team where they, you, he should have been on the Lakers last year. The way he plays like up big protects the rim. He should have been on the Lakers last season. He needs to be on a team where their center is really a focal point of their defense and going to the rim against Andre Drummond would be a bad idea. So I I do agree with you also that giving that NBA scout the kind of quote is kind of misleading because he has played on crappy teams. Guarantee you if he did that on like the Nets or the Lakers right now, right? Like they they'd be winning games and like. The, the thing that you have, the reason I think that the scout probably said this, right, is he was such a high draft pick and he gets paid so much money, you know, they want him to be the guy or at least one of the top two guys. And that's just not something that uh, he's really built to truly excel at. He's just, he's such an elite, true big man. And he's just... I'm going to say it this way. He's in the league at the wrong time. If this was 20 years ago, this dude would be, you know, one of the, on one of the all NBA teams, probably like every year. Agreed. On the other side of the, on the uh, other case of this, it's Blake Griffin. Who's in a, a kind of similar situation, very different player than, Drummond, but in a similar stage in their career where what they're doing, they're getting a little bit older. Although now that I say that, I'm going to take something back. Did I read somewhere that Andre Drummond's only like 27 yet? He's been in the league for, I don't know, nine years or something like that. That's probably accurate. If I Googled Andre Drummond's age, it's probably 27, 28 years old. So you're saying this man is like I forget who they. I forget who um, who they compared him to, but it wasn't. Oh, I I wish I would have would have saved it. I I heard a. It was either on a podcast. Uh, I was listening to or I read it somewhere that yeah, he's younger than. I don't remember who the other big man that they compared him to was. But he gets like less acclaim, even though he's done like so much more. Yeah, it was just wild, right. Anyway, back to Blake Griffin. He is in a similar situation where his team is kind of shopping him around and has decided to basically shut him down and they're not they're not playing him, you know, again for whatever whatever behind the scenes reasons as well as what they projected outwardly. And this is just kind of weird because obviously Blake Griffin has been a huge name in the NBA world pretty much the entire time you and I have been you know, fans of the league. 
Yeah. So the the thing with uh, Blake Griffin is his his contract's actually massive. Mm. Like he's making like twenty seven million this year with a player option for the same amount next year. It's like in, he's going to make around fifty million over the next couple mm. years, and the Pistons don't want that. But I also really believe that Blake Griffin wants to go somewhere where he is utilized. Maybe not in his as, as best as he can be because he is still very young. You know, he's he may be not as athletic as he used to be, as comes with age. Mm-hmm. But you know, going somewhere where you want to win, like that's oh, yeah. key. And I think a lot of players have come to that realization over the last five, ten years is that going somewhere later in your career to win a championship. Because look. Blake Griffin, for the first, like, half of last decade, you know, from 2010 to 2015, he was a perennial all-star. Man, man dunked over a car, for God's sakes. Like, I remember that. Like, he was awesome. And then injuries happened, and then the Steve Ballmer thing happened. You know, I saw St- Stephen A. Smith say that he needs to apologize to Steve Ballmer so he can go to the Clippers. Nah, you don't need to do that. Like... Just things have happened to Blake. So for him to just be like, I want to go somewhere. And even for our, our visual audience or and then our audio audience, it says Blake Griffin to sit out, Pistons mulling trade or buyout options. So they're even willing to have a buyout for something. So poor Blake. I th- I wish him the best. I, I wish he would come to the Lakers. We could use, we could use his presence sometimes. But... He deserves to go to a place that he can be successful and used well, and Detroit is just not that place. I think a big reason, too, that I've heard is, obviously, he's evolved his game much more so than Drummond. Like I've seen several clips from the last couple of years where, you know, Blake Griffin was capable, and, and probably still is to a point, of stepping out and hitting hitting a couple threes a game. However, that's this season that has dipped dramatically from what I understand. Again, I haven't watched enough NBA this year to fully comment on some of these things, but I'll, I'll give the two cents based on the information I have, right? And so I think that's a big reason why Detroit needs to move off of this or wants to move off of this. They can't be paying all this money to somebody who now is only fulfilling, you know, 75% or you know, whatever you, whatever you want to put on it uh, of what kind of it was promised in a way when they, when uh, they agreed to that contract. And that's just tough because again, like you were trying to, they're kind of saying, I don't think Blake Griffin's days in the NBA are, are even close to done. You know, he's, I think he's late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Somewhere. Uh, um, and so, like, he, he still has, you know, a handful of years left minimum. And he's got, again, the athletic ability that he'll, he'll find a place somewhere, I'm sure. But it's just a little weird. Now, before we completely move off of this, I want to play a rant that I saw from Draymond Green that addresses this issue. And he brings up what I think is a fairly valid point. And then we'll, uh, we'll talk on that. But this is a, a couple-minute video. To watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline 
then go to the back and then come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him is bull because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for one to go to a different team and everybody destroyed that man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we want to trade a guy. And then that guy is to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer and he's not good in someone's locker room and he's the issue. And we've seen situations of Harrison Barnes getting pulled off the bench. You know, DeMarcus Cousins finding out that he's traded in an interview after the All-Star game. And we continue to let this happen, but I got fined for stating my opinion of what I thought should happen with another player. But teams can come out and continue to say, oh, we're trading guys, we're not playing you. And yet we're to stay professional. At some point, as players, we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a, but a team can say they're trading you and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional. And if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this. You can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond's getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly and he's to stay professional and just deal with it. But then when Kyrie Irving say, oh, my mental health is off, everybody go crazy about that too. Do you not think that affects someone mentally? As much as we put into this game to be great, to come out here and be in shape, to produce for fans every single night, and most importantly, to help your team win. Do you think that doesn't affect someone mentally? But as players, we're told to, ah, oh, no, you can't say that, you can't say this, but teams can. It goes along the same lines of when, when everyone wants to say, oh man, that young guy can't figure it out. But no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. At some point, the players must be respected in these situations and it's ridiculous and I'm sick of seeing it. Y'all have a great night. I'll see y'all tomorrow or Wednesday. All right. Obviously a lot to unpack there, but the big thing he talks about that, that ESPN highlighted from this as well on the tweet is the, the part where he says, everyone wants to say that young man can't figure it out, but no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. Go ahead. Two things. One, the video is disconnecting so bad. I did not hear a lot of that, but I got the gist of it. And second thing is Draymond Green, when he retires from the NBA, should immediately go and try to be the president of the NBA Players Association because he really, like, I know he's kind of, like, loud and stuff, but he gets it, man. He really understands, like, you know, like you said, James Harden forced his way out, dogged his way for the last few time, a few games that he played in Houston, and everyone was like, ah. But Andre Drummond, who is legitimately just like 
I'm nowhere near James Harden caliber level of player is like, hey, I I want out, you know, I want, you know, and then gets criticized. It's really sad. I do agree with uh, uh, Draymond on what should happen. And the quote is that no one wants to say the organization can't figure it out. And that is so true because the Pistons, like the Knicks, all of those like really poor teams have had chances prior to be good for years, but they just don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. And to anybody, obviously we're not experts, right? We can only make opinions based on the information we have, but for anyone who would argue that the organization's decisions and the player's decisions are fundamentally different. I don't really know that they are right. We talk about it all the time that from the organization perspective, obviously it is a business decision. It's all, it's pretty much all about the money versus the, the return on the investment. However, for the player, it's also a, a business decision. You know, do you want your, uh, your brand, your, your you know, your playing Mark, whatever you want to articulate that as to be, all over, you know, a poor team, like a bad brand. And like he said, if you ask out from a, a poor situation, you're, you're labeled as the bad guy. But if a team in a poor situation or any team for that matter says, Hey, like we just, we, we got to get rid of this person for no reason, really other than the money. Like they're not really a problem in the locker room. You know, it's not like they're, absolute you know absolutely terrible these these guys are some of the best athletes in the world that seems like a definite contradiction you know to some extent and i think draymond has a good point all righty let's move on folks some big news in the college basketball world now denver i don't know how much you saw about this but this is kind of a big deal. I mean, I I heard about it, but I I didn't. All righty. Avidly go. So, Jalen Johnson. I'll throw it up on the screen first. Jalen Johnson, who is a freshman for Duke University in men's basketball, decided earlier this week that he is going to opt out of the rest of the season. And that is per report from Jeff Goodman. This is very interesting because Denver, what day is it today? February 18th, 2021. Yeah. You know what comes after February on the calendar? Uh, March. What happens in March about college basketball? I feel like it's pretty big. Uh, they, they hold this event called March Madness. Yeah, it, it it's, it's pretty big, right? Like it, 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 you know? Yeah. Millions of viewers. People love to watch it every day that it's on. So going back and maybe you don't quite know the exact answer to this question, but when did the, when did the college basketball season start? Oh, it doesn't start in like November. Usually it starts in November. I think it was pushed back a little due to COVID, but the point remains. Good job. 
Yeah, bonus points. Um, Thank you. So this season has been going on for three months, basically minimum three, three and some change at this point. And he opts out now. Whack. Especially you might not uh, know this. There was like a, a weird rule this year again, due to COVID mostly that like allowed mid mid season transfers essentially in college. So I don't know. I don't remember if you were always immediately eligible afterward, but you could, you could leave your program at the like semester break in December rather than waiting until, you know, mostly March, but technically May of the next year, you know? So that was a, a weird thing. So a lot of people, you know, that's the opportunity. Then you either leave your program or then again, you opt out. This is really weird to me. And I'll throw another tweet up on the screen and I'll read it for our audio audience. It's from John Rothstein, who again is a very prominent college basketball reporter, quote unquote, opting out with three weeks left in the regular season isn't opting out. It's quitting. I could not agree more. This to me feels just fundamentally wrong. Now I will understand, and I do understand rather, that this kid is probably going to be a very high draft pick in the upcoming NBA draft. So this, again, business decision. We just used that term a few minutes ago in the other segment. However, you could have made this business decision at a much more opportune time than right now with three weeks to go in the regular season. And a 100%, we talked about this last weekend when we kind of gave you that taste of college basketball, right, Denver? Duke, among other Blue Bloods this year, is having a really, really tough year. I think, at least as of that recording, they were below 500 this late in the season for like the first time basically ever. You know, it's been a really long time. And so they're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament unless they do something massive in the ACC conference tournament. This really, it feels like quitting, right? I I don't think he would have opted out this week if Duke was, say, you know, like 15 and 5. But the fact that they're like 10 and 10 or whatever their actual record is, I didn't go ahead and pull that up. That's not the point. The fact that they aren't going to go to the NCAA tournament so he doesn't have the opportunity to play against the huge names and get millions and millions of eyes on him and get all that exposure, that I think is probably the only reason that he's opting out right here, and that to me feels wrong. What are your thoughts? So, like I said, I don't know much about college basketball. I still got to listen to that podcast you sent me. Uh, Here's how I feel. It's... It's weird, right? Like, I've never, no one's ever just been like, I can quit three weeks left in the year. Like, doesn't make any sense. I remember we had a basketball coach unnamed who was not very nice my sophomore year in high school. And my grandma, she refused to let me quit. As soon as the season started, she said, you're going to finish it out no matter what. And this is quitting. This is just saying, I've given up on the team. I don't want to be here. 
you know, I'm going to be a lottery pick type of situation. I have an agent lined up, maybe some deals. Like, I just got to get through this year. From what I can tell, they're probably not making the bracket. Yeah, probably not. So, so you know, business, as I say, business. Yeah. Big air quotes on that decision. one. <laughs> yeah, big. Uh, it is quitting, though. I, I have, I wouldn't say no respect for him right now, but I think what he's doing is disrespectful to the team. And when NBA scouts look at him now, they're going to have to say, is he going to quit on us if we're not doing well? Or like midway through the season, he's just like, I'm done. Just kind of turns That's it off, right? Just Yeah, he just kind of turned it off. I wish I would have also shared the tweet. There was a response to this tweet that said basically like, you know, he doesn't owe Duke anything or anything like that. And that, that part is true, like, at, at its core, right? I, I don't dispute that as I'm, I'm just pulling up my uh, my likes on Twitter to see if I maybe liked it and can read it out loud here. Oh, shucks. But anyway, he's... I mean, he got a full-ride scholarship to get a college education. And I know that technically you could definitely make the argument. That's not why he's there, but this, this is just all the way around. He's quitting on so many different things that this just doesn't feel, doesn't feel good. And I, I think if, uh, I think if it does feel good, uh, maybe you gotta, gotta think that one through a little harder. All righty. We're done with that part. We got a, uh, we got just a One little bit more, more to go. Left we just got guys. a little, little bit left to go. Thanks for sticking with us through this. We greatly appreciate it. If you've listened through the whole stream, awesome, or the whole podcast, whether that be on YouTube, Spotify, shameless plug number two. Ooh, so excited uh, about that. Want to thank you. Oh, I'm so hyped, man. I'm so hyped. Best text I've gotten in a hot second. Absolutely. And for no matter who is viewing this, wherever you're viewing it, you know, if you're on YouTube, please consider uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel. We're going to keep doing what we're doing over there, uh, chopping up this video, putting out in segments, putting out the full podcast. We're going to keep pushing out content as much as we can. And then if you're on Spotify, hey, hit that, hit that follow button, baby. Follow the feed. We're, uh, we're very excited to be over on Spotify. We, uh, you know, it just feels like kind of the, the next step. I know we're just getting this off the ground, but we've said it probably, you know, two, three times an episode. We're just really excited to be doing this. This is a lot of fun for us, regardless of how many people listen. And yeah, we're just, we're just looking to keep improving day by day. And that's all you can do, right? Now we're not going to yes, do sir. any more philosophy stuff, right? We're we'll get back to get back to the regularly scheduled programming, folks. Eh. Okay, we got one more segment. It's back to the NBA. We probably should have included this with the other NBA stuff, but we weren't thinking. It's okay. <laughs> well, I was. If you go read the doc notes, 
I'm so sorry. I didn't read the notes this time. I was a little bit scattered before the show. We're not going to talk about that. We're staying on, we're staying on task. <laughs> the Utah jazz Denver. Holy shit. <laughs> Did anybody expect this? I, re I remember about seven months ago, people were telling ESPN, FS1, that the Jazz were exploding. You know, Rudy Gobert did the, had the COVID, and Donovan Mitchell was upset, and all of this thing. February pre-All-Star break, they're popping off 20, and, 20 wins and one loss. Oh, man, they are balling. That has to have them at the top of the West, right? Yes, they have yes, a two, they have the best record. They in have the a two-game lead in the West over the the Lakers right now, and that's just wild, you know. The Jazz, this kind of, you know, maybe some people saw it. Good for you. For me, the casual fan, for Denver, the more diehard fan, neither of us saw this coming. You know, no, I, I thought they obviously were they're good, right? Obviously, they're good. They make the playoffs basically every year right now. Because they have Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, the gang. To, for them to be 24-5 and five here very close to the All-Star break, that's insane. I mean, that's like, that's great they, pace. I want this to be a quote tweet. Ready for this? <laughs> they are having a Denver Nuggets season where they play out of their minds in the regular season. And then they get the first seed, and then they don't make it past the second round. So Now, that's a good like, point. For a visual... I'm just going to scroll down real quick. You see one of these replies? I didn't even plan this. So somehow, this user on Twitter, Jadewell, great name, is comparing this Jazz team to the Atlanta Hawks teams of the early 2010s. Those Hawks teams that won like 60 plus games a, a season in the regular season. And then, I mean, typically they ran up against like the, uh, the LeBron James Cavs or, or maybe he was still with the heat at that time too. And just got kind of buzzsawed in the playoffs. Is that what you see for this team? Or, or do you think they're going to be more competitive than that? I'm not saying are they I going to the finals, but do, they have to be better than this, this Hawks team, right? Just because they have, they have yeah, more I, star power at the very least. Yeah, so that's the that's the key thing is honestly they won't meet. I I still believe the Lakers are for sure going to the Western Conference Finals. Praying AD is healthy, LeBron stays healthy, team stays healthy. But if the Jazz can stay healthy and continue to win, I think they make it much harder for teams like the Clippers and the Nuggets to make it to the Western Conference Finals because they do have, quote-unquote, more star power at key positions, and they have shooters. They still have Joe Ingles. You know, they have a good point guard now. They have Mike, Con Mike Conley's still there, I believe. I think so. So like You're the NBA fan. You should know this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't follow all 30 teams 24-7, okay? But the Jazz are, like, like the best team in the league right know. now. You should be able to follow them. They're the best team in the league, and they still get no televised games. They don't get nothing. They don't get no publicity. <laughs> like, it's bad. But, but, no, it's really good. It makes the NBA much more competitive. Do I see them? If, if I, My question is, do I see them continuing to win at the rate 
Yeah, not like 20 and one. Like that's an insane rate. That, that's just an insane like, rate for any team. I mean, yeah, that would be a better like, rate of, than, like, than the, the Michael Jordan bulls, than the, the 2016 warriors or whatever. Uh, that This is an yeah, insane exactly. pace. Like, I, yeah. So like I, maybe like out of 10 games, they win like six, six, maybe is more like it. I do like it. It's interesting right now. Are the Jazz the real deal? We'll come to find out. I, I say they're the real deal right now if they can make it to the Western Conference Finals. That's fair. I like that. I just got to see for myself, you know, like who uh, who's popping off, you know? A little downtime here, but... They just Where, actually clapped the Clippers. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Royce O'Neal, Bogdanovich is healthy again. Yes, Ingles. Go. So, basically, you're surrounding Rudy Gobert with, like, three and a half shooters. Royce O'Neal is a little 50-50. He's more of a slasher in my mind, but that's pretty nasty, to be honest. Like, that's just a really – you got the, the two, like, very – I don't know, very basic kind of like old school vibey white guys. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here, here's my favorite part is I saw a tweet and it said the Lakers scouting team doesn't, hasn't missed in five years. Jordan Clarkson, most improved, oh. probably going to win six man of the year. He's yeah. been balling out the all other season. night. I almost included it as a graphic for this. The other night, where's the game splits? He put up 40. Against the the 76ers. He put up 40. This man is out here. I mean, I don't really have any further thoughts necessarily on these Jazz. Again, you said it it best kind of. We'll just have to see what they do. But it's a great story for right now. Because, again, like there's not many teams that go on. There's some really good teams that never did this over a 21-game stretch. So, we'll just have to. uh, We'll just have to enjoy the ride as long as it's happening, right? Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Dirks and Denver podcast. We are so glad that you could join us for this one. We hope you continue to join us in the future. We're having, again, a lot of fun with this. A lot of fun. Denver, any final words for our, for our people before I send them off? Thank you for coming out. Thank you for listening. We appreciate all of the support that you've given us. Remember, Follow us on uh, YouTube and Twitch if you haven't hit that follow button um, or subscribe button for YouTube. We are trying to post constantly as much as we can, as Dirk said earlier. If you're a Spotify listener, hit us up on Spotify. Um, That's a great place to listen if you can't watch our YouTube or make our streams. So, But anyway, thank you. We truly, truly appreciate every single one of you who came out tonight, who come out in the future. Brick by brick we grow, and we grow with you. Couldn't have said it better. You guys already know that wherever you are and wherever you're going, we're always going to love you, and we're always going to be here putting out content. Thank you again so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace out.